Hello, and welcome to this episode of Miramichi Historical Linkages Podcast. Uh, I'm Sean McCarthy, joined today again by Natasha Smith. Unfortunately, our colleagues, uh, Alison Paradi and uh, Sarah Ward, couldn't make it today. We're experiencing a bit of rough weather here uh, in New Brunswick when we're recording this. Uh, so uh, we, uh, we hope, like I say, that uh, all of you, that when you're watching this, like I say, uh, you'll... Uh, you're, you're safe and sound and all of that. And I hope that you're safe and sound when, you're, when we're recording this, even though, uh, like I say, we, uh, we won't know that. But, uh, <laughs> but today, uh, we'll be talking a little bit about uh, an interesting find from very early in the project, uh, an article that was found uh, at the Newcastle Library talking about uh, Egyptian rings found in May of 1957 uh, here in the Miramichi, uh down in Bird Church. But before we do that, um, Tasha, I, I will ask your, your, your indulgence for a moment, uh, because uh, our last episode, uh, we, uh, we had uh, Joe Warden, and he was talking to us about the little people, and I think, you know, I think you'll agree it was a very informative episode, and it was a lot of fun, you know, just to kind of uh, to hear about, about how uh, the first peoples of the Miramichi uh, interacted with these, uh, with these small folk. Uh, and uh, w what role they played uh, in, in, in their lives. Um, I don't know about you, but I remembered, I think, I think it was actually during the episode, I remembered, you know, my own, and when I was very little, you know, I remember a little friend that I had, you know, Jean uh, McGinty, who lived in a hole in the wall in my room, and I can see her now uh, in, in my mind's eye. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, so how did, uh, so, uh, any any uh, follow up from you on that episode before we kind of dive into this one? Um, I guess I have to agree. the uh, The recordings with Joe Ward were absolutely they're touching in a way. Um, I don't know mm -hmm. if it's because, like you were saying, you can relate it to your own childhood. So that's what I was doing as well uh, through my experiences of what I've learned um, about uh, Jinug giants and little people. I still don't, I don't remember if Joe told us the proper uh, word for little people in Mi'kmaq, but uh, from what I was getting from it, they're there to help guide you and to teach you and help you through hard times and, I hear, and I, I, if I recall correctly, I know some people say that little people sometimes play tricks on you, but I don't know if that's for every <laughs> culture's history, but I do like that because if I remember correctly, like our little friends, it uh, <laughs> seems like you get curious and you want to try out new things <laughs> and a little, with the help from our little people around us. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, uh, it's interesting that you bring that up because I was speaking to uh, Reverend uh, Ivan Gregan uh, here yesterday. Uh, we were talking, he's, he's, a, he's a learned Gaelic speaker, as I understand it. And he was telling me a little bit about uh, the, the little people within, within uh, Gaelic culture. And we, I, I've talked also to Kevin Mann, who's from up in Bathurst and whose uh, mom was from here in Miramichi. Um, and... It was, uh, and he talked to me a little bit too about, and again, as you say, kind of that tri that trickster element, uh, you know, that uh, again, and, and not, and both of them were very clear in saying that it wasn't necessarily like a malevolent thing. It wasn't something where, you know, we had an adversarial relationship, but, you know, you know, it was very kind of playful and tricksterish, as you say. Um, and something that, 
Ivan told me, which really kind of struck, was the he, he mentioned about the, the propensity around here on the Miramichi for people to say that something good is something that's not bad. Uh, so if you sit down and you have a great, uh, a great big meal and it's, it's very good, and they ask you how it is, you'll say, oh, that wasn't too bad at all. That, you know. <laughs> so he says, now I don't know if this explains every one of those occurrences, but he says one, one of the reasons why people say that is because the little people in Gaelic belief might come and take the good things to play a trick on you. So if you say something is not bad, you're play, you're kind of tricking the tricksters, right? You know, you're you know, yeah. it's uh, it's a way to kind of fool them, and so they don't take the good thing from you. Um, and so that's it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I never really I never really heard about that before, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So the kind of playful relationship that we have uh, <laughs> with the with the wee with the, with the wee folk, you know, right? Because so, they don't. Yeah. We're not supposed to fear them. We're supposed to work with them and live among them. We all live among each yeah. other, right? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Little tricksters. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah, as you say, you know, uh, we we we're we're as you say, we we live together, but it doesn't mean that we can't have a little bit of fun with one another yeah. from time to time. So yeah. uh, as as we all do. <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, so moving then into um, our topic for today, uh, Egyptian rings, uh, not something that we readily associate uh, here with, with the Miramichi. Uh, we know we've got a very long and, and, and rich history, but uh, yeah, we're, like I say, I, I've never really heard until I started uh, this project and went to have a look uh, with, uh, uh, with the historical societies uh, kind of subject files, and I would recommend anybody that's interested in the history of the area and is not familiar with those, have a have a trip down to the Newcastle Library. They have a number of subject files uh, there, uh, some some uh, quite a bit more rich than others, but and not all of them complete, but probably having a lot of information probably up to like the 1980s uh, out of newspapers and other places. Uh, but yeah, there was this one, and it just said Egyptian rings. That seemed kind of funny, you know. Uh, 1957, these rings, uh, and of course, I got this this folder, and all that was in it was this one little article uh, from May of 1957, and it says uh, 3,000 year old Egyptian rings found in burnt church. <laughs> that is amazing, and. <laughs> Must have been a little bit of surprise to open up the file and only see one little tiny piece of newspaper clipping article in there. You're like, what? Looking at the back, please tell me more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So these rings were found in a button basket uh, by um, Miss, Mrs. Uh, Millie Anderson and uh, Mrs. Mrs. Hutton. Uh, and again, you know, were the, the article itself, and uh, Tasha, I, I admit I sent this article to you rather later than I had intended, but I realized <laughs> when I, uh, I looked back over the email preparing for today that I hadn't sent uh, the actual article, but I did send it. Uh, so I don't know if you had a chance to get a look at it, but yeah. I found it kind of misleading in that it sounds like from the, from the headline that the, that the rings were found here, but it's also clear that Mrs. Hutton was living in Toronto when these when these rings were sent to the Royal Ontario Museum, um, so I wasn't really sure <laughs> were they found here? Were they just found by people that came from this area? 
I wasn't really sure. Uh, but we do know that they that they went at least in 1957. Uh, they went to the uh, the the Royal Ontario Museum, who wrote back to say that they were 3,100 years old. They dated from the time of Ramesses the sixth, uh, when he was pharaoh in Egypt, uh, from the 20th dynasty. Uh, so, and again, I mean that's that's wild, you know. Again, like that, you know, that you're that in a button basket. You know, that you have at your house, there's a 3,000 year old set of rings uh, in there. There's always more than what meets the eye, as they say, huh? I guess so. Because they were just looking for these buttons, I'm assuming to mend some clothing or to create clothing. And then they found these rings, button rings. I wonder what made them want to find out more about them. I wonder, because. As you said, there was only a newspaper clicking, uh, clipping, um, and there was no pictures to be found of this. No, so we don't even know what it looks like for them to. Oh, that makes me more curious. I'm more intrigued. Because, yeah. <laughs> like you said, where well, you couldn't find any information besides what you had um, re- got received in the email reply. So I thought, oh, it wouldn't hurt to take a little look as well. So you know, and I can explore the. Um, online archives collections of the Royal Ontario Museum and I found lots of things which were super interesting but nothing that would pertain to this button found in Burnt Church. Burnt Church. Um, I did come across a lot of hair rings. I don't know if you came across hair rings um, that were uh, made in Egypt but something okay. interesting I found was uh, hair rings were used uh, to decorate either their wigs or just their hair in general. Um, and it was also hair. It was used with hairstyles to distinguish different types of classes among okay. them. Right. So then I got thinking. I wish um, I could see what these buttons, button rings, look like. Because then maybe there was some type of connection of why why they were made, what purpose they were used for. Because I could not come across any buttons um, that were are residing in Egypt or from Egypt. Um, I don't know if you did, but these are the only buttons I heard of. <laughs> Well, now that you say that, Tasha, I guess I always just assumed they were like finger rings. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Maybe they were. Maybe they were, you know, more kind of like adornments for, you know, your clothes. I didn't really think about that. Um, and as you say, you know, uh, from from the article, or if not from the article, yeah, definitely from the article, um, it was uh, – that the one was was clearly for like a nobleman of some kind uh, or noble person of some kind and another for uh, a slave uh, because mm-hmm. it had the inscription on it was basically, um, you know, that it was, you know, that this person was the property of somebody else. Um, and the, the, the nobleman's I think was, had like the inscription for the, the, the regal name of, of Ramesses uh, the sixth. So that, yeah, I don't know if that meant that he was like a member of court, maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, but yeah, so that there, there, there was even kind of distinctions in these rings, but I never really thought about the fact that they could just be kind of um, meant more for the adornment of clothes rather than maybe things that you would actually wear on your hands. 
you're so right, Sean. I want to clarify. I did assume the same thing. I automatically thought rings as you would wear for jewelry. And the only reason why I started thinking um, about buttons instead was when I was just looking around for them. I was like, holy, like I don't find any uh, collections of any Egyptian rings, only a couple. But then when I was researching on different websites besides the um, Ontario Museum one, um, like you were saying, it was said that commoners would wear uh, rings with the names of the person who was in um, in reign in that time frame, like whatever, like you were saying, like for that p- period of time. And I heard that, uh, or I read that they will even continue to wear them even after that person who's in control uh, hierarchy passes, because it was some to some people it was a sign of good fortune, good luck to bring. Uh, I don't know if that happened to the buttons that they had found in burnt church but like you said i just now i'm kind of i'm curious is it a ring is it a button is it what is it used for <laughs> yeah and you said that I they had they can't find it anywhere is it was lost at one point i guess i mean so uh yeah when i spoke to the royal ontario museum they did a uh, you know a number of different searches and they they're left to conclude the lady that i spoke with was left to conclude that it's no it it is not a part of their collection as it exists now. So right. it was either lost or perhaps, you know, perhaps the article, because um, the article wasn't clear that it remained at the museum. Um, it could be that the, the, the museum sent it back, you know what I mean? And, and it belongs to the family or that the family just took possession of it. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I'm not really sure. I did speak to... Um, Mrs. Anderson's niece, uh, and she did say that she would kind of ask around in the family, but was not able to find any more information about the rings from that from that quarter. Uh, so yeah, so we don't really know uh, mm. where where these rings are. Uh, we just kind of really have them in just kind of this moment in time in 1957 because we don't know how they got to got here in the first place. And we don't know where they've gone since. You know, we've just got this, you know, this, this moment in May when, you know, uh, yeah. So it's 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 quite something. That is quite amazing. We do, I guess, have some theories. You know what I mean about how they may have come to come to the Miramichi. Um, now, the the niece of the lady that uh, again again a Miss, uh, Mrs. Anderson thought that maybe her uncle had brought them home after the First World War because he had served overseas and that he may have found them that way. Um, I don't know that he was serving in Egypt necessarily, but he may have been serving in Europe and, you know, as a result of imperialism, colonization, all of that, you know what I mean? These rings had somehow ended up uh, in, in, in France or, you know, uh, in England. Uh, right. And thought that maybe he brought them home that way. Uh, because of course we know that there was kind of a uh, there was a time, obviously in the er- in the early 20th century and the late 19th century, where it was, for lack of a better word, kind of fashionable. You know what I mean to have all of this Egyptian stuff because they were finding it, and you know there was kind of a uh, yeah, and taking it whether it belonged to them or not, uh, you know, uh, yes. <laughs> and you know bringing it there. So yeah, um, so this was this this may have been an explanation. Um, as to how they came, uh, how it came to be there. My only, I guess, thought about that is obviously, like I say, these women, if, if they knew where it came from, you wouldn't think they would have sent it to 
the the museum. You know what I mean? If like if if, if your husband brought that home, you know what I mean. Again, I don't know. It's not necessarily it's not necessarily impossible that you wouldn't know, but it right. seems likely that you would know that that's where it came from, and you know, yeah. uh, you wouldn't ask for more information unless you knew where it came from, but didn't know any more about it and want that information. But you would think you would share that with the newspaper then to say, "Oh no, this is how it came to be here." But anyway, I don't know. I just I'm kind of like you know, theory crafting here and trying to kind of figure out, trying to wrap my brain around all the possibilities. Yeah. Um, That's what yeah. happens when we don't have enough information to go off of. There's so many, like you said, so many possibilities. It's hard to say, and who knows? Yeah. Oh, because I even try to look up for that um, newspaper clipping. And I, I had a difficult time coming across that one either. Or so I, I, then I was looking for their names, Mrs. Anderson and Mrs. Hutton. I was just seeing if anything would pop up relating to them. But I could not find any connection with them in Burnt Church. Not even really Toronto, to be honest. When I was opening it up, it would it was going to tell me the distance between Burnt Church and uh, <laughs> Toronto. But I was like, there was no uh, Egyptians mentioned or mrs hutton or mrs anderson unfortunately but that yeah. won't stop my curiosity unfortunately or i don't think that is a bad thing <laughs> probably keep no, looking that's, that's it that's it yeah. i think this also i again i think the first thought in my head was of course you know what i mean do these things date from you know the ancient time you know yeah. in the community and whether or not that's whether or not that's true or not, I think it does kind of open. It may it may serve as a way to open up a conversation about the fact that you know uh, about trade networks you know that existed before you know uh, the trade networks that we know today before kind of the 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 colonial and settler trade networks that we're more familiar with, um, and it might like I say spark that spark the ability to kind of converse more about you know the trade that took place. Uh, in, in in kind of in, in ancient indigenous Miramichi. Right. And it goes to show that um, even the smallest thing can create a, a really big connection over long distances. Like who knew a ring or a button ring, whatever it may, may be. <laughs> I was actually curious, like what would a button ring even look like if that was what it was? Maybe like you said, it just got brought back over and no one really maybe spoke about it perhaps like you said there's so many possibilities and then they got shoved in like a junk drawer button drawer or button basket as in this scenario <laughs> yeah who can say but obviously somebody thought it was important enough to kind of yeah. you know clip that article put it in a file folder and say okay we need to keep this at uh you know for for future reference you know so maybe, you know, again, this is this is more kind of theory crafting on my part, but maybe <laughs> that person, like I say, was was hopeful for the day when, you know, Sean McCarthy and Tasha Smith would, you know, would, would, would come across this and, you know, maybe resume the search. But, you know what I mean? And maybe kind of find some more details, maybe fill up that file folder one of these days. Who knows? Um, but I like your thinking. I like well, your theory crafting. That's a good one. But again, and I think that's also, you know, uh, not to get not to get off topic, but I think that's also some of the reason why, you know, we do what we do. You know, the stories that we find are not are not begun by us. They're not completed by us. But, you know, we're there to kind of hold them, you know, for a time. And, you know, it, it, un, until somebody can come and kind of take them a little bit further than what we could. Uh, 
So yeah, so this might be an example of of that. Uh, we tried. We haven't succeeded yet, but hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, maybe one of our listeners or viewers, if they have heard anything of the sort, we would absolutely appreciate any information, even if it's hearsay. We would love to hear it. Yeah. Exactly. And I agree with you on that. I do feel like when I do this type of work, um, I don't know if you feel the same way, but everything I'm, I'm gathering together, I don't always see an end goal in mind besides just, like you said, collecting, gathering, collaborating, building off of the last thing that we found before, just kind of anything to help pave that path for our future generations, something that will make it more clarity for them in the future if there's something that we didn't understand about history or like these lost connections, these little things that just can be here in a, and then disappear in a blink of an eye. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we keep that. Um, I did a conference. I was in on planning a conference years ago when I was doing my, my, my uh, the, uh, my doctorate. And it was talking about uh, the, the, the fire from the altar of history. You're supposed to take the fire, you're not supposed to take the ashes from the, from the altar of history. Uh, and, you know, I think we try to kind of, like I say, kind of keep those, those maybe those flickering flames burning just a little bit longer until somebody can maybe kind of come and stoke those fires There's, and maybe kind of, uh, yeah, see them kind of burst into life once again. Um, so... So yeah, so like I say, uh, I, I echo Tasha's call to all of our listeners out there. If you have information about this, if you have information about, you know, other things like this, you know, if you've also found Egyptian rings, maybe, you know, uh, or, or, or kind of, you know, artifacts of that sort that you don't know where they come from, uh, but, you know, would be interested to know more, uh, yeah, reach out. Not to say that we'll be able to, uh, you know, tell you exactly, but it is to say that we might be able to unite our search with yours and put you in touch with some of the people that we've already talked to uh, that might be able to help you uh, going forward. Uh, and uh, yeah, like I say, if if uh, if you have also, if you have topics and things that you would like to hear more about, uh, do please let us know as well. You can contact us through the information in the comments uh or the, descript the video description below, you can leave information in the comments below, requests for episodes or other such things. We certainly want to uh, create the podcast that you want to watch. So, you know, if, if there's ideas out there, we're very happy to, to hear them. Um, if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, if you'd like to take that, you know, that, that step from, you know, uh, from viewing to participating in, and you have an interesting story you'd like to share with us, we would certainly like to uh, to talk with you. Uh, if you'd like to kind of that middle way as well, that maybe you don't want to appear on camera, but you'd just like to, like, like to talk to us, that's that's cool as well. Uh, we'd, we'd really like to speak uh, with, with you. So, um, Tasha, have we done it? Have we kind of reached uh, the, the end of what we can... <laughs> say i don't know uh, anything more to add before i guess we kind of close up for this week no i think you hit every nail on the head that we needed to for this episode thus far all right well um you know a, a little a little bit of a shorter episode this week but again uh we had probably a little a few more questions than answers uh, yes. on this particular topic <laughs> 
but we thought it was really interesting anyway. We wanted to present it to you. Uh, so we will see you again uh, next week. And we wish you all the best between that time and this. Uh, and uh, yeah, take care of yourselves and uh, all the best. Not this. <laughs>